You've worked hard for what you have, your money, your assets, your 401k and home. Isn't it all worth protecting? Nearly one in four consumers have been a victim of identity theft. LifeLock Ultimate Plus helps protect your finances with up to $3 million in reimbursement. LifeLock alerts you to identity threats you might miss. And if your identity is stolen, your dedicated U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. Let LifeLock help protect what you've worked so hard for. Save 25% off your first year on LifeLock Ultimate Plus at LifeLock.com slash aware. Terms apply. Samantha Grace Hara was born on the 25th of July, 1994, in Shanahan, Will County, Illinois. She had been the only child to her parents, Heather Hara and Kevin Hara, and had grown up in Shanahan. She had interned at Shanahan's police department and had known everyone who had... Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Spin your passion into a business with Shopify and break sales records with the world's best converting checkout. Let's hear that one more time. The world's best converting checkout. Shopify's legendary checkout makes it easier for customers to shop on your website, across social media, and everywhere in between. Now that's music to your ears. Any way you spin it, you can be a smash hit with Shopify. Start your dollar a month trial today at shopify.com slash records works there. Her mother had been a public librarian in Shanahan, and her father had worked as a carpenter in Romeoville. She maintained a close relationship with her parents throughout her life. Samantha attended Shanahan High School in her youth, before going on to initially study nursing at university, and then dropping out and enrolling in a criminal justice degree. At Joliet's University of St. Francis, Samantha joins the Pi Sigma Alpha chapter, and quickly found a bond with the sisterhood of the sorority. It had been her interest in the justice field that had actually led her to take an emergency medical dispatch course in November of 2015, before going on to become an emergency dispatcher serving her community and the surrounding areas. Samantha ended up graduating in May of 2016 with a bachelor's degree in criminal justice, and she made sure to continue her work as an emergency dispatcher as she explored a postgraduate degree. Samantha was known as one of the hardest working and most dependable 911 dispatchers, and she got on well with her colleagues and the officers that she liaisoned with. In around May of 2017, Samantha began talking to a police officer by the name of Felipe Flores, and in June of 2017, the pair went on their first date at the Grundy County Speedway in Morris. The date had actually been a double date with another Crest Hill police officer and a woman from the Wilmington Police Department. It's important to note that Felipe Flores had been 10 years older than Samantha, and he had explained to her that he'd previously been in a marriage. He'd previously been married back in October of 2005. He had separated from his ex-wife in December of 2006, with the divorce finalising in June 2007. Felipe also mentioned that he'd been deployed to Iraq for about 10 months during his first marriage. The date with Samantha went well, with the pair hanging out all weekend and going with each other to a concert. Samantha and Felipe Flores went on a few more dates, soon entering into a relationship together. In September of 2017, Felipe Flores discovered that Samantha had actually been messaging with a married officer from the Plainfield 
police department. He had gone over to her apartment after work and had gone to put his watch on charge next to hers when he saw her watch and looked through the messages on it. Samantha and this married officer had chatted about how he wanted to go on vacation with Samantha so that he could, quote, take care of her poolside. And uh, by that, he doesn't mean help her put her inflatable armbands on if you catch my drift. Samantha had been in the bedroom as Felipe had gone through and read through these messages. And when he confronted her, she told him that she was remorseful about it, that she hadn't intended to hurt him and that she hadn't planned on going through with it. Felipe didn't end the relationship after that revelation, but he did take pictures of the flirty text messages with the intention of sending the images to the officer's wife, though he never did. In October of 2017, a Plainfield police officer brought a stray cat in into the dispatcher centre and she fell in love with the black kitten instantly, adopting the cat and calling the kitten Salem. Outside of her work, Samantha had a huge passion for animals. In fact, she actually had a pet hedgehog at one point, which she loved dearly. Three months later, in December of 2017, Felipe Flores drove over to Samantha's apartment when she hadn't been home and he had used her code to gain access to the apartment. Her front door lock had been one of those that had used a code pin pad rather than a key. Felipe allegedly had entered the apartment to retrieve a work shirt and had found Samantha's laptop to have been open. And when he took a closer look, he saw Facebook messages between Samantha and a Plainfield community service officer. After this discovery, Felipe broke up the relationship with Samantha during the first week of December 2017. But the following week, the pair reconciled. They bought each other Christmas gifts that year. Quote, she gave me a bunch of little small knickknacks and stuff. Some whiskey glasses that had a 308 round in it. 308 in it and we kind of laugh because I bought her stemless wine glasses in the same nature. She got me this plaque that had a big eagle and anchor on it that said United States Marine Corps and my years of service, which was the most thoughtful gift I've ever gotten. And by January 2018, the relationship had been back on track with the couple looking at purchasing a townhouse together. Samantha had gone to the house inspection and had made several trips to look at different flooring, light fixtures, paint and carpeting for the new house. On the 11th of February 2018, Samantha's mother visited her at her apartment as Samantha had been asking friends and family for extra cardboard boxes in preparation for the move. Felipe hadn't been present when Heather Hara had been at the apartment, and when she left at about 10 to 11pm, Samantha hugged her mother goodbye and said, quote, Don't forget, nail appointments and taco Tuesdays. You see, Samantha and her mother would often meet up for tacos at Samantha's parents' house, and they would also go together to get their nails painted. Unbeknownst to Heather Hara, that would be the last exchange that she would have with her 23-year-old daughter. After Felipe finished his late night patrol shift that same day, he drove over to Samantha's apartment complex. He didn't let her know that he had been headed over and actually just drove by the apartments in the early hours of February 12th, 2018. Felipe had allegedly been checking to see if Samantha was okay, to see if there had been anything out of the ordinary, and when he saw that just her vehicle was uh, in the car park, he decided to go to a bar. He had tried texting Samantha to see if she wanted him to come over, but she never responded to him and he just presumes that she had been sleeping. On that Monday, February 12th, 2018, both Samantha and Felipe had the day off work. And so at around 11.30am, Felipe decided to go over to her apartment using the key code to gain access and to go inside. He made his way to the bedroom to find her still asleep, gave her a kiss on the forehead, 
then gave her the Valentine's gifts that he had bought for her as it had been the only day that they both had off that they could spend together. He bought her three cards and a couple boxes of chocolates. When Samantha awoke, she put the gifts on the nightstand before telling Felipe that she was tired and that she wanted to go back to sleep. And according to Felipe, there had been a gun located on the nightstand. It's unclear what the couple got up to that day, but what we do know is that Felipe fell asleep on the living room couch between 7.30 and 8pm that evening while he had been watching TV. Felipe then woke up at about 3.30am on Tuesday the 13th of December 2018 and went to make a sandwich. He then checked in on Samantha, who had been sleeping soundly in her bedroom. It's important to note that Felipe then started messaging a friend who had been a police officer in Texas over the course of the next few hours, in which some sources state that he had been upset and discussing Samantha's betrayals with this Texas police officer. At around 7am, Samantha rose from bed and went to the bathroom. Quote, I said, hi there sleepyhead, Flores testified. She looked at me and went into the bathroom. She got back into the bed and covered herself up with the covers. When Samantha got back into bed, she asked Felipe for her cell phone, which he claimed had been on the floor, and he picked it up and handed it to her. And then the couple spoke a little bit more. Quote, she asked me what day it was. I said that it was Tuesday. I was like, Samantha, it's Tuesday morning. Then I was walking to the doorway and she goes, well, that's what happens when you take 12 Xanax and pointing to her pill bottle on her dresser. It was at that point that Samantha got extremely angry with Felipe and told him that he needed to leave. According to Felipe, he had been clueless about why Samantha had been so mad with him. He pressed her on why she had taken the 12 Xanax, raising his voice at her. The couple allegedly argued for about a minute in the bedroom. Samantha continued to demand that Felipe leave and so he went into the living room to put on his shoes and clothes. According to Felipe, at this point, Samantha slammed shut the bedroom door and locked it, and it was then that he heard the distinct sound of a gun racking, followed by a single shot. He then apparently ran to the bedroom door, trying to open it, but he couldn't get in. Felipe then pulled out his keys from his pocket and used them to manipulate the door lock to be able to open it, and when he pushed the door open, he saw 23-year-old Samantha in a seated position on her bedroom carpet with her back against one of the walls. That was when he dialed 9 at 8.19am. where's your emergency? Samantha here just shot herself. Who did? Samantha. Okay, is she breathing? No. Uh, she's not breathing? Okay, who are, who no. are you? Phil Flores, her boyfriend. Okay, okay, okay. You need to do, do something for her. Is she breathing at all? No. Where, okay, do you, were you with her when she did this? I walked out of the room, she argued with me, I heard the gun rack, I tried to come back into the room and she shot herself. Is this Bill? Yeah. Okay, it's Maria, okay. I got fire heading over there. Okay, hold on one second. <laughs> Okay, is she in her apartment, Phil? Yeah, we're in her bedroom. Okay, where did she shoot herself at? In the head. Okay, okay, Cyrus and route, okay. Do you want to attempt CPR? Is there any chance that we can help her? She's not breathing. I okay. can see brain matter. i got to put her cat away before he gets out. Okay, I promise they're coming as fast as it can, okay. Salem. Just throw him in the bathroom or anywhere you can you can get him. I'm trying to. He ran. 
Oh my fucking god. You know when when she did this? She just did this, just just when I called 911. Okay. We were arguing, she told me to leave. I left, I heard her gun rack. She locked herself in the bedroom and she pulled the trigger and I came busting in. Did you secure the gun? It's in between her legs. Okay, come in as fast as they can. Someone's yeah. got to tell her parents. Yeah, don't don't worry about any of that right now. Okay, right here. Okay, Phil, are the police there? Phil. Phil, are they there? When the authorities arrived, they observed a gunshot wound to Samantha's head, among other injuries, and the medical personnel actually detected a faint pulse. The paramedics rushed her to the hospital, where, tragically, she passed away. Now, interestingly enough, though Felipe told the police they'd been on the other side of the locked door when he had heard the firearm discharge, there had been blood splatter present on the front and right sleeve of his sweatshirt. Further, his white socks did not have any blood on them, despite the fact that he told the 911 operator that he had been kneeling next to Samantha and talking to her while on the phone. An hour after the shooting, Shanahan detective Andrew McLennan was put in charge of the investigation and examined the scene. A forensic technician also examined the scene, and when this technician had been evaluating the blood splatter evidence, Detective McLennan told him that Felipe had rendered medical aid to Samantha, which was flat out not true. Later legal proceedings would allege that Detective McLennan purposefully misled the technician in order to minimise the significance of blood splatter located on Felipe's sweatshirts. Why would he have blood splatter on his clothing if he hadn't been in the room when the shot was fired? On top of that, the investigators failed to question Felipe on why Samantha had been found naked if the couple had been arguing prior to the shooting. According to the court records, this alleged misconduct culminated in Detective McLennan either implicitly or explicitly instructing the technician to make a preliminary finding of suicide. And this technician complied. And without processing any forensic evidence or talking to Felipe or any other witnesses, determined that the scene had been consistent with a suicide. The following day, the investigators informed Samantha's parents that their daughter had died from a self-inflicted gunshot wound. Importantly, the investigators failed to mention to her parents that a neighbour actually heard a struggle shortly before the shooting, or that Felipe's sweatshirt had blood splatter on it. Rather, they told them that Samantha's hand tested positive for gunshot residue, and that Felipe's hands had tested negative. That was categorically not true. No test uncovered any gunshot residue on Samantha's hands at all. In fact, tests actually revealed gunshot residue on Felipe's right hand and on the front and on the cuffs of his sweatshirt. Though it must be noted that these tests were not conducted until months later. They told Samantha's parents that based on the 911 call and the text messages between Samantha and Felipe, they had determined that her death was a suicide. Though importantly, the official cause and manner of death had not yet been actually determined. On that same day, Wednesday the 14th of February 2018, Joliet Patch published an in-depth article in which it was reported that a former Crest Hill resident had actually obtained a protection order against Officer Felipe Flores, accusing him of rape her while she had been asleep on the 6th of February 2016. And in the afternoon of that Wednesday, it was revealed that Felipe Flores had been placed on administrative leave, quote, 
due to the tragedy that happened yesterday. On Thursday the 15th of February 2018, a Plainfield police officer was interviewed, and he told the investigators that he had spent time with Samantha outside of work, but hadn't seen her for nearly six months. Quote, In all his contacts with Samantha, he never had any odd conversations in which Samantha threatened to hurt, injure herself, or anything that would have led him to believe Samantha was a danger to herself. If he thought she was in danger, he would have gotten Samantha help. After this interview took place, Detective McLennan promptly closed the investigation without ever investigating or addressing the matter with Felipe Flores. The police refused to communicate with Samantha's parents, failing to even provide them with basic information about who was supervising the investigation. By the time Monday the 2nd of April 2018 came around, seven weeks after Samantha's death, Samantha's parents had still been completely in the dark about what had happened, with no official cause or manner of death being ruled. And it was on that day that it was published that no charges were ever filed against Felipe Flores following the 2016 rape allegation, but that he did receive a month-long unpaid suspension before being reinstated to the police force. On Tuesday the 10th of April, Sergeant Kari Morin finished his bloodstain analysis report. In this report, he stated that he arrived on the scene at 1.40pm, which is odd as the logs from the scene indicated that he didn't actually arrive and enter the apartment until 3.05pm. The report details that he had been briefed by Detective McLennan, quote, the victim, while standing in the offset area of the bedroom near the door, facing east, suffered a perforating contact gunshot wound to the right side of the head. The bedroom door was closed, either completely or mostly, evident by the bloodstain patterns located on the bedroom side of the door. The size of the offset area, along with the bloodstain patterns present and bullet trajectory, suggest that the victim was standing alone in the bedroom offset area at the time of the incident. On Tuesday the 10th of July 2018, nearly six months after the death of Samantha, Detective McLennan finally submitted Felipe Flores' sweatshirt to the Illinois State Police's Forensic Science Center in Chicago for examination. And on Saturday the 14th of July, nationally accredited forensic scientist Mary Wong began the forensic examinations and found a minimum of three tricomponent primer gunshot residue particles from the gunshot residue test performed back in February on Felipe Flores's right hand. She also examined samples taken from Samantha's hands at the hospital and she determines there to have been no primer gunshot residue on Samantha's hands. Quote, the results indicate that Flores discharged a firearm, contacted a PGSR-related item, or had his right hand in the environment of a discharged firearm. On Wednesday the 29th of August 2018, forensic scientist Mary Wong completed her forensic examination of Felipe's sweatshirt and found primer gunshot residue particles on his right cuff, left cuff, and chest area. In an act of desperation, Samantha's parents hired an attorney to help them get answers to their questions about their daughter's death, suing Felipe Flores, Crest Hill Police Department, and Shanahan Police Department in federal court for conspiracy and excessive force. Though, just one day after the filing of the federal lawsuit, on Sunday the 14th of October 2018, the attorney that Samantha's parents had hired actually had his law license suspended for 90 days, which he failed to disclose to them when they hired him. They decided that the only way forward would be to drop their federal lawsuit. A hearing was scheduled for December 13th, 2018, and due to them lacking legal representation, they did not attend the hearing. The court then rescheduled the hearing and admonished Samantha's parents to quote, 
appear at the 22nd of January 2019 hearing or this case will be dismissed for want of prosecution. On Thursday the 31st of October 2018, Detective McLennan submitted the sexual assault evidence kits that had been collected at the time of Samantha's death to the Joliet Forensic Science Lab. Importantly, Detective McLennan only submitted the kit for selective testing. On Wednesday the 20th of November 2018, Bill Cheng from the Science Lab concluded the sexual assault kit testing and he determined there to have been no semen present on the vaginal, anal or oral swabs. Though it must be known Noted that Detective McLennan had not asked Bill Cheng to examine Samantha's head hair combings, pubic hair combings, fingernail combings, or similar evidence. In Bill Cheng's report, he noted, quote, If at a later date it is determined that the value of this evidence can significantly aid the case, please advise. On Thursday the 13th of December 2018, Will County's state attorney staff asked Detective McLennan to re-interview the Plainfield officer that had known Samantha. The officer described Samantha as, quote, a very positive person, funny good person, and flirtatious, but denied having any intimate relations with her, stating that he was, quote, happily married. Six days later, on the 19th of December, the Will County State's Attorney's Office directed the detectives to look for the missing bullets that had killed Samantha, which is a bit wild, considering the bullet had gone through her apartment wall way back in February, 10 months earlier. The search for the bullet lasted one day. Seven officers with metal detectors canvassed the property, quote, no bullet projectiles or fragments of bullet projectiles were located. No defects were found in any tree or wooded brush consistent with projectile strike, nor was any bullet projectile or fragments of bullet projectiles found in any tree or wood brush. Ten months and nine days after the shooting, the crime scene photographer produced his written summary in which he gave his opinion that Samantha had killed herself. Quote, With the blood patterns on the wall and floor, we could approximate how the decadence came to rest on the floor. The blood splatter evidence was consistent with this being a self-inflicted wound to the head made by a right-handed person. On the 28th of December 2018, Samantha's parents met with Chief Shane Casey, his deputy, Adam Bogart, a coroner, a prosecutor, and counsel for Shanahan Police Department. Chief Shane Casey and Deputy Bogart informed Samantha's parents that they had officially ruled Samantha's death as a suicide, basing their decision on forensic evidence that the gunshot wound was self-inflicted. Further, they told them that Samantha's toxicology report also pointed to suicide. It was at this point that Samantha's parents asked when they could receive and inspect their daughter's belongings, to which they were told they could retrieve the property upon the dismissal of their civil lawsuit. On top of that, the police department refused to provide them with any investigative materials until after the dismissal of their lawsuit. That same day, the chief published a press release that stated, quote, the Shanahan Police Department, in conjunction with the Major Crimes Task Force and the Will County State's Attorney's Office, conducted a comprehensive death investigation spanning over 10 months involving multiple law enforcement agencies. The Will County Coroner has determined that Samantha's cause of death was by a self-inflicted gunshot wound. That finding is consistent with and supported by the evidence presented by this multi-jurisdictional investigation. The Crest Hill Police Chief Ed Clark also issued a press release in which he complimented the Shanahan Police Department for conducting a quote, lengthy and thorough investigation from which Officer Felipe Flores was cleared from any criminal involvement in the death of Samantha Hara. We acknowledge the length of time involved in conducting a complete and thorough and transparent examination of the facts surrounding this case and support the process to review Officer Flores's association. Samantha's parents, under the belief that this official finding that the cause of death had been suicide, now barred their pending lawsuit from proceeding, did not show up to court for the January 22nd, 2019 status hearing 
and subsequently the court dismissed the case. It was only after the dismissal that her parents learned that the gunshot residue analysis implicated Felipe Flores and not their daughter, and that Chief Shane Casey and Deputy Bogart's statements about Samantha's toxicology report had also been false. The results, in actual fact, had been inconsistent with suicide. On the 29th of January 2019, it was published by Joliet Patch that a next-door neighbour to Samantha was awoken between 8 and 8.15am on the morning of the shooting, quote, by someone banging on the wall or someone slamming the door in the apartment next door, which is the victim's apartment. He then heard the female yell, let me go, two or three times coming from the same apartment. Samantha's parents then hired new counsel, who moved swiftly to vacate the judgment of the dismissal. On Wednesday the 20th of February 2019, civil rights attorney Jennifer Bonjean asked a federal judge in Chicago to revive the recently dismissed lawsuit. Quote, On January 29th, 2019, plaintiffs were devastated to learn that the law enforcement officials who had investigated Samantha's death flat out lied to them. John Freak, a reporter for the Joliet Patch, published an article based on documents received through Freedom of Information Act requests that strongly suggests that Samantha's manner of death was not suicide, but rather homicide. A week later, on the 27th of February, a law firm hired by Shanahan Police Department filed nearly 50 pages to support their finding that Samantha had taken her own life. Quote, With regard to the positive primer gunshot residue test on Felipe Flores, it has been suggested that this could have been the result of him being in the room where the gun was discharged immediately after Samantha was shot. This would be consistent with his statements that he was in the room with Samantha immediately after she was shot and lifted her head at some point. On Friday the 22nd of March 2019, the Crest Hill Police Chief told Joliet Patch that Felipe Flores had no longer been with his police department and that he hadn't worked a single day as a police officer since the shooting of Samantha. It was revealed that he had collected more than 90,000 US dollars in paid suspension during that time, quote, in the midst of an internal investigation into Officer Felipe Flores's conduct following his clearance in the death investigation of Samantha Hara, Officer Felipe Flores tendered his resignation. We accept his resignation, which is effective immediately. On the 8th of May 2019, Patch published information that despite the fact that Felipe Flores had been cleared in Samantha's case privately, the Crest Hill Police Department had been building a case to bring his career to an end, with 11 separate alleged violations brought against him. When Felipe Flores was notified that a termination hearing would take place in six days back in March, he had chosen to reside instead. And on the 28th of May 2019, a federal judge in Chicago allowed attorney Bonjean to refile a civil rights police misconduct lawsuit on behalf of Samantha's parents. Quote, Defendant Felipe Flores falsely claims that he busted into the bedroom and observed Samantha unconscious with a gunshot wound to her head her gun lying between her legs. Even after the 911 operator suggested that Felipe Flores start CPR, he declined, stating that she wasn't breathing and that he could see brain matter. On the 9th of June 2019, a good friend of mine, Rachel Shannon, posted a YouTube video covering the case up until this point. I've linked her video down below if you wanted to go check it out, as Rachel's sister went to high school with Samantha, and she touches on some details that I haven't included within this coverage, which are really interesting. On the 12th of June, attorney Bonjean accused Chief Shane Casey, Deputy Bogart, and Detective McLennan of, quote, orchestrating a cover-up and conducting a faulty police investigation 
to ensure Samantha Hara's February 2018 death was not treated as a homicide. Attorney Bonjean then asked a federal judge in Chicago to allow an amendment be made to the lawsuit to include the three high-ranking members of the police department as co-defendants. And on the 22nd of July, the federal judge sided with attorney Bonjean and permitted the addition of the three of them. Quote, each of these defendants have engaged in conduct that has hindered the plaintiff's ability to obtain adequate, effective and meaningful judicial access. On Sunday the 8th of September 2019, a luncheon was held at the University of St. Francis, where Samantha graduated from in 2016, for the Samantha Horror Scholarship. Quote, and at the end of the day, we're going to get justice for Samantha. I guarantee it. And I stand up here as somebody who's been doing this for over 40 years now. And I can tell you, I know when we can win a case. And in this case, we have a tremendous amount of facts to support. Frankly, she was murdered. One of the event speakers, Paul Salonio, told the audience. On Thursday, the 14th of November 2019, US District Judge Robert Gettleman published his pretrial ruling. And in this ruling, he basically told the defendants to stop trying to get the federal lawsuit brought against them dismissed. Quote, the Shanahan defendants should stop wasting private and judicial resources by repeating arguments that this court has already rejected and start litigating this case on the merits. On the 12th of June 2020, the district court filed an opinion in the case and essentially they disposed of the federal claims and relinquished jurisdiction over the case after dismissing the federal charge in the lawsuit. In October 2022, Samantha's parents refiled their lawsuit in state court. Let's take a look at the ruling court document. Their complaints assert three counts. 1. Wrongful death. 2. Intentional infliction of emotional distress suffered by the horrors. And 3. Intentional infliction of emotional distress suffered by Samantha. Felipe was personally served with a summons and a copy of the complaint on December 15th, 2022. In February 2023, Samantha's parents' counsel requested that Felipe be defaulted for failure to appear and answer, and the court granted that motion. In March of 2023, Felipe appeared through counsel and requested that the default be vacated and that he be given leave to answer. The court granted that routine request given that Illinois' reviewing courts have repeatedly held that the interest of justice dictates, in all cases, that resolution on the merits is preferred over a resolution based on technical or procedural grounds. However, no answer was filed, and in April 2023, Felipe's attorneys withdrew from the case. On April 24, 2023, with Felipe present, the court advised that if Felipe did not file a formal appearance by the next court date, he would be defaulted again. In May 2023, the parties again appeared for case management. Felipe was present, but still had not filed an answer either pro se or through counsel. The court defaulted Felipe again and advised him that the court would not entertain a motion to vacate the default unless that motion included, as an exhibit, a proposed answer or other pleading and a formal appearance. On June 30th, 2023, the case was heard before the court for a hearing on damages. Felipe was physically present in the courtroom. The court asked Felipe if he wished to say anything before the hearing. The court did this with the expectation that Felipe may ask to vacate the default or might ask for additional time or might explain his difficulties in complying with the court's scheduling orders. Instead, Felipe stated that he had done nothing wrong and he abruptly left the courtroom. Since Felipe received notice and had the opportunity to participate, an also because he had the opportunity to request a continuance or other relief, but made no such request, 
the hearing proceeded in his absence with regards to the damages. Specifically, the Haras presented the following unrefuted evidence at the prove-up hearing. Testimony from Heather and Kevin Hara, testimony from Dan Grubish, who was an EMT from the Shanahan Fire Protection District, testimony from Sergeant Kerry Morin of the Illinois State Police Division of Criminal Investigations, and testimony from Dr. Carl Reich, an expert in the field of DNA analysis. The Horrors' evidence established as follows. Minutes before Samantha was shot, a neighbour heard banging sounds and yelling coming from the apartments, with a woman screaming, quote, let me go. Samantha was found shot in her bedroom. She was naked at the time. Felipe apparently told the authorities that he was in the living room at the time of the gunshots. A large dent was present in the drywall, which was consistent with the notion of a struggle from within the apartments. The dent was not there the prior day. Felipe had blood splatter and gunshot residue on his right hand and on the right arm of his sweatshirt, while gunshot residue was not found on Samantha's hand. The gun that killed Samantha had substantial elements of Felipe's DNA, 18 of 20 DNA markers, with the other two being partial markers that did not exclude Felipe. Applying the preponderance standards, the court found that the foregoing evidence contradicted the notion that Felipe was outside the bedroom when Samantha was shot, and further contradicted the notion that she had shot herself. Rather, the evidence demonstrated that Felipe likely shot and killed Samantha. The Haras had proven adequately the elements of their claims for wrongful death and emotional distress against Samantha. Likewise, the court found that the Haras had adequately proven the elements of their own claim for emotional distress. The court found Samantha had a strong and enjoying relationship with her parents and had lived with them until moving out less than a year before she died. She had spent time with them regularly and communicated with them on a near daily basis. Samantha was a strong student, a devoted daughter and hard worker. The Haras described Samantha as strong-willed and denied that she was in a depressed or suicidal mental state at the time of her death. Samantha had made an appointment to finish a tattoo on the afternoon of her death. Samantha played a critical role in helping her parents in any number of tasks, including by assisting her mother in her fight against cancer. To be sure, the Horrors had suffered unimaginable pain and suffering since Samantha's passing. The evidence demonstrated that Felipe made offensive and harmful physical contact with Samantha without valid cause. The conduct was undertaken with reckless and intentional disregard to Samantha's life. As a direct and proximate cause of Felipe's misconduct, Samantha suffered severe physical and emotional injuries, including death. In summary, the court found that Felipe likely caused Samantha's death. Further, as a result of Felipe's reckless and intentional misconduct, the horrors suffered loss of Samantha's care, assistance, society, companionship, comfort, guidance and counsel. They also suffered severe mental anguish resulting from her death. It must be noted that the court's findings that day did not constitute a criminal conviction. The court was mindful that a criminal charge entailed a high standard of proof, i.e. beyond a reasonable doubt, whereas a civil case typically entails a preponderant standard. But even under a clear and convincing standard, if it applied, the court's ruling today would be unchanged. Further, the court took no position on whether Felipe ought to be charged, that it's not the court's decision to make. Besides, the court was not in the position to understand why Felipe was not charged with Samantha's death, as no one from the Shanahan Police Department, nor the coroner's office, nor other law enforcement authorities testified to explain the perspective as to why Samantha's death may have been a suicide. Based on the foregoing, the court entered judgment in favour of Heather and Kevin Hara, and against Felipe Flores on all counts. The court awarded the Hara's compensation damages in the amount of 15 million US dollars, 10 million for count one, 2.5 million for count two, and 2.5 million for count three. And that brings us up to where we are in this case, what we know of this case as of this video being published, no criminal charges or 
um, or, or anything that's been filed against Felipe Flores in relation to, to this case. No further legal proceedings have taken place and no true justice has actually been found. I really sincerely hope that in the near future this case finds its way back into criminal courts and true justice is found and Samantha's parents are able to move forward with their lives after losing their daughter, after having to fight and being lied to every step of the way. I hope that they're able to find peace and move on. Thank you so much for watching this episode in my True Crime Curious Case series. If you want to see more videos just like this, be sure to hit that subscribe button down below, hit that bell icon so you can be notified every single time I post, hit the like button to tell YouTube that you want to see more content like this. And with all that being said, I will see you in the next case. Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. 